Welcome to Watershed's podcast. My name is Mark Cosgrove and I'm the head of programme here at Watershed. From time to time, a film comes along which challenges viewers' sensibilities, expectations and assumptions. One such film for me is Austrian director Marcus Schleinzer's film Michael. This was one of the most controversial films in Cannes last year. A film that dispassionately presents five months in the life of a paedophile and which had critics praising its approach but recognising it would be difficult to sell to audiences because of its subject matter. I was reminded of Nicole Cassell's The Woodsman that tackles similar territory with intelligence and responsibility, but even with the star name of Kevin Bacon found audiences difficult to engage in such troubling content. Yet in mainstream media, we are drawn to these horrific stories as they unfold. Recent Austrian history has been struck by two most notorious cases of child abuse the Fritzl case and the Natasha Kampusch kidnapping. You are simultaneously repelled and compelled by the monstrosity of these events. Schleinzer in a recent interview said, In late 2008, when I started to write the script, the issue of child abuse was a worldwide phenomenon that dominated the media. You couldn't read a newspaper or watch television without hearing about some horrifying crime committed against children. To me, it seemed that child abuse, like violence decades ago, had become sensationalised to the point of becoming entertainment. You could see how the way TV reportage was presented for effect and newspapers with their catchy headlines began to use the topic to create a sensation or a scandal for the sake of entertainment. I wanted to take the issue back to a more serious place. And so he does. Michael is formally rigorous and suffocatingly tense and restrained something you'd expect from a director who'd previously collaborated with filmmakers such as Michael Haneke and Ulrich Seidel. Michael is exploring a disturbing subject matter to make us think. Think about the realities that are depressingly mundane behind the sensational headlines, and to move us into a place of reflection, however disquieting. And this is something I've been trying to reconcile. Hear me out on this one. The history of cinema is littered with examples of films which challenge the viewers, whether it was the shock of the bank robber turning his gun in the audience in Edwin S. Porter's 1903 The Great Train Robbery, an unsexual fantasy about Christ in Ken Russell's The Devils, or more recently Lars von Trier's extremes of violence and self-mutilation in Antichrist. All of these I can understand as either the shock of the new or within the context of the narrative. Even Lars von Trier's genital mutilation, I have argued, is explicable by the context of what lies behind Charlotte Gansberg's character's obsession with medieval mutilation, mental breakdown, and attempts to destroy herself for feeling responsible for her child's death. The genital mutilation given added resonance by the fact she was making love with her husband whilst her son falls to his death. Yet the most shocking, upsetting and disturbing thing I have seen recently was in the excellent thriller Kill List. It's when Jay, in one of the hits of the Kill List, smashes the head of a man with a hammer. Now you get the effect and you feel the character affected by both rage at the victim's crimes of child pornography and also Jay beginning to be affected by supernatural otherness which has been hinted at. But there is a shot, a close-up of the hammer hitting the head, scalp and brain, blood exposed which seems to me a shot which exists not because it expresses or amplifies the character's mental decline, 
but simply because it can be shown. It is a case of shock because you can rather than need to. Which brings me on to the Dardenne brothers. Their cinema is an absorbing moral maze of high naturalism. Not for them a hammer hitting home its point via blood-splattered heads, but rather a cinema of emotional complexity. Never thought I'd make that particular point, however true it most undoubtedly is. Their latest film, The Kid with a Bike, is a beautifully constructed modern parable which leads the viewer through some unexpected emotional and ethical twists and turns. Michael opens at Watershed on Friday the 2nd of March and I'll be chairing a discussion about the film after the 8.30 screening on Wednesday the 7th. Kill List is out on DVD. The Kid with a Bike opens on Friday the 23rd of March. I've just been at the Berlin Film Festival and you can read a collection of immediate responses via tweets and my review at watershed.co.uk forward slash dshed and look at festivals. However, one of the interesting developments in the film world is the growth in crowdsourcing for financing features. Several films have now had elements of their funding from the online community. One of the highest profile in Berlin was Iron Sky, an enjoyable crazy science fiction set in 2018 where the Nazis have set up camp on the moon after the Second World War waiting to recolonise Earth as the Fourth Reich. Last year, the producers invited the online community to contribute not only money, but ideas via wreckamovie.com. This process of getting individuals to invest small amounts before or even during production can, in the case of Iron Sky, aggregate to a significant element of the budget and is an interesting way of involving the audience more than simply as paying punters at the cinemas. This new method of funding doesn't only have to be film. See, for example, kickstarter.com or indiegogo.com for current creative projects seeking funding and maybe even make a small wager on future creativity yourself. That's all for this month.